0: forever
1: dog Hey Anna
0: Oh <laughs> that's my dog <laughs> but also me Hi yeah. Andrew
1: uh, and hey, hey everybody else! Hey, hey. Oh my god! Hello. This is keep a, it. Yeah, we're keeping it. Uh, this is scary, scary stories to, stories to tell, tell on the pod, pod.
0: And a podcast about the Alvin Schwartz, Stephen Gamble, scary stories to tell in the dark books.
1: In which we cover each story week by week,
0: um, and we also will have a separate urban legisode. Which is, which what, is what today this is, baby, greasy dog.
1: <laughs> um, um, I feel like—is it cool if I just dive in? Because please. Anna, it's 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 my turn today, and I'm Take us so. There. Oh very my god! Excited. I'm so
0: excited. You told me what it was, and I have never heard of it. I, I know.
1: I'm so excited. Um. I also had never heard of this before. I truly Googled, has a ghost ever murdered somebody? And this is what popped up. Please. The website is called prairieghosts.com. Good. So we're already off to a good start. That's like all I ever want to know. And um, so I'm going to start by reading the story. Then I'm going to talk about the larger context of it. Please. Um, The title is called The Killer Ghost of Eastern Kentucky. And while this is not so much an urban legend that you've probably ever heard of, um, it is like a Kentucky scary story that's been covered in a book called Beyond the Grave by Troy Taylor. It was published in the year 2000. Troy. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. It's truly crazy. I'm scared. In 1938, stories of a killer ghost began to be told in eastern Kentucky. Even though no one ever saw this malevolent apparition, it was said to have caused five very similar And unexplained deaths. The ghost did it. (laughs) In June of 1938, a man named Carl Pruitt came home from work one night and found his wife in bed with another man. (gasps) After her lover escaped by jumping out the window, Pruitt strangled his wife with a small piece of chain. That's nuts. Mm. A number one.
0: Why do you keep chain in the house?
1: Did you have it on you? Was that the most immediate murder weapon? Carl. 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 Uh, immediately after, perhaps having just realized the depth of his madness – I love that. as a little touch. Perhaps. He committed suicide. Good. He was buried in a separate cemetery from his wife. A few weeks after he was buried, visitors to the cemetery began to notice a pattern of a chain that was slowly forming on Pruitt's gravestone. The chain was caused by an unusual discoloration and in uh, the stone and, and it slowly gained links. At one point, it stopped growing. And a number of local residents suggested that perhaps the supernaturally marked tombstone should be removed from the graveyard and destroyed. But officials scoffed and nothing was done about it.
0: They scoffed in unison. (laughs) Um, The whole um, Chamber of Commerce at the same time went.
1: A month or so after the chain stopped growing. A group of boys were riding their bicycles past the cemetery one afternoon. One of them, a boy named James Collins, decided to throw a few stones at Pruitt's cursed gravestone. No. Probably just to prove that he wasn't afraid and had little use for spooky stories. Probably. Probably. You come up with something better. (laughs) Whatever the reason for the actions, for his actions, the hurled rocks managed to chip several spots on the stone. As the young men started home, Colin's bicycle suddenly began to pick up speed to the point that he could no longer control it. It veered off the road and collided with a tree. Then, in some unexplained way, the sprocket chain tore loose and managed to wrap itself around the boy's neck, strangling him to death. Rumors quickly spread about the t- uh, about this remarkable occurrence, especially after an examination of the Pruitt tombstone, revealed that no marks or chips marred the surface of it. The other boys knew what they had seen, however, and their breathless accounts only fueled speculation about a vengeful ghost. Here we go. James Collins' mother was especially heartbroken over her son's death. Sure. Go figure. Makes sense. Less than a month after his accident... The, she went to the cemetery and destroyed the Pruitt gravestone with a small hand axe. Ma'am? Ma'am? She pounded and hacked at the stone until it lay in dozens of pieces. The following day, she was hanging the, she was hanging the family wash on the clothesline. Ironically, this is the wrong mm. word. Uh, she slipped and fell and her neck became entangled in the line. She twisted and tried to get free, but it was of no use and she strangled to death. The legends say that after she died, the Pruitt tombstone showed no signs of destruction. That feels suspect.
0: So they found it in pieces and then and then it it was was back back together.
1: together. That's where I begin to be like, I don't know about this. There are narrator problems. Yeah. Needless to say, news of this most recent incident spread. A A short time later, a local farmer and three members of his family were driving a wagon past the cemetery. For some reason, the farmer announced that he had no fear of ghosts and fired several shots at the Pruitt stone with his revolver. Sir. Sir. This is a sir. This
0: is going to be a sir.
1: Yeah. I don't care
0: who it is. Ma'am.
1: Ma'am. Sir. Male ma'am. ma'am. Individual. Yeah. Uh, don't shoot a gravestone. Especially. You're, you're weird. Yeah. That's a weird thing to do. Also, what, what, wait, what like brought on that response? Was someone like, well, you're afraid of ghosts. We're in the farm wagon. Yeah. Just We're going bored. by a gravestone. So he shot, he shot the gravestone. Um. Oh, then the horses pulling the wagon began to run. Um, The wagon was out of control. The family members all jumped to safety, but the farmer hung on frantically pulling the reins to try and control the horses. Just as the wagons veered around a curve in the road, the farmer was thrown from his seat as he tumbled forward. His neck snagged onto one of the trace chains and the motion of the Mm -hmm. horses snapped his neck. Once again, Pruitt Stone showed no signs of the damage that had been done to it. The local residents were now convinced of the fact... That the grave marker was cursed. Things got so bad that the local congressman, let's, I mean, who and when. What? Is this
0: incorporated?
1: Was contacted and two police officers were sent to the cemetery to investigate the stories. Imagine being that police officer. No. No, I won't. Go look at the stone, sir. (laughs) I mean. Okay, we're just going to investigate. Fuck this whole thing. Fuck this whole town. Yeah. I'll say it. They took several photos of the stone and left to go talk with the witnesses to the events surrounding it. This is during World War II.
0: <laughs> Hitler
1: is chasing. We got big problems. There's a ghost strangling people. He's in charge. Yeah. this is. As they were leaving, the doubting officer happened to look into the car's rearview mirror. In it, he saw a bright light coming from the direction of Pruitt's tombstone. Mm. At first, he assumed that it was just a reflection from the car's taillights, but then it began to get closer to the car. Startled, he began to drive faster, but the light kept coming. He drove faster and faster, always watching his mirror. His partner pleaded with him to slow down, but it was of no use. The light was still coming. Just then, the car swerved off the road and crashed between two posts. It rolled over and over several times. The officer on the passenger side was thrown clear of the wreck and was only slightly hurt.
0: Hmm.
1: Wow. He did it. He did it. Shaken, he climbed to his feet and went to his partner's aid. He found that his partner was dead. Uh, But he had been killed before the car had been wrecked. As the car passed between two posts, a chain that had been hanging between them had shattered the car's windshield and had wrapped around the driver's neck. What? The force was so great, it nearly severed his head. (laughs) Two exclamation points. Um, After this death, the residents began to avoid the cemetery altogether.
0: Honestly, this could have been just a general rule. Yeah, let's just... Let's not go to the cemetery and try to prove things about ourselves.
1: Only one man... Arthur Lewis dared to go there. He was determined to prove that the stories of a cursed tombstone were nothing but superstitious nonsense. One evening, after telling his wife what he intended to do, he went to the graveyard with a hammer and chisel and began to methodically destroy the grave marker. Sir? Sir? The, the sounds of the hammer and the shattering stone could be heard by all who lived near the cemetery. What? Who, what is the layout of this town? Is everything Is everything surrounding the cemetery? It's the town square is the cemetery. <laughs> It's like Washington Square Park.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, When they arrived, oh, then they heard a blood curdling scream. Several men grabbed lanterns and went down to investigate. When they arrived, they found Lewis's dead body with the long chain that had been used to close the cemetery gate wrapped around his neck. Apparently, something had frightened him and he had started running, forgetting about the chain that barred the entrance gate. Oddly, even though 10 or 15 people had heard the sound of the man breaking Pruitt's gravestone, there were no marks of broken places on it. After the last death, the other bodies in the cemetery were removed and buried again in other locations. What? I highly doubt that, that they removed the bodies.
0: That's so many.
1: People gradually moved away, and the small burial plot was forgotten. Since Pruitt had no family left to care for his grave, the site became overgrown and tangled with weeds. In 1958, it was destroyed for good by a strip mining operation. The five strange deaths, all linked by chains, were never explained. So I read this, and I was like, this fully has to be fake. Yeah, Um, and I was like, but it's in like two or three ghost books about like ghost of Eastern With first
0: and last names.
1: With first and last names, fairly recent, 1938 to 1958, very trackable. So then, uh, I did some other investigating and, um, there's a, another website called CLTV nation. Um, and in this essay called anatomy of a ghost story, the search for Carl Pruitt, uh, Jason B that's all I have uh, in terms of the author reasonable yeah says like i this story is the only story that is in like ghost story books with like hard tangible like here are first and last names here's when it happened here's the town it happened in and this is a ghost that murdered people so yeah. he was like super excited he went about investigating it and he did like a deep deep dive into like trying to figure out who all these people are So he went to Pulaski County conducting. Oh my God. um, uh, And like researched who these people would be and contacted their local historian, which I think is like super great sleuthing work. The local historian was like, I'm totally into this. I have no, we do not tell the story. Like I have no idea where this story came from. Um, This is not part of our our local lore at all. Uh, He found... Uh, Jason B. found someone with the name Carl Lewis who died by suicide in mm-hmm. like in like 1901 um, who was a carpenter like Carl Pruitt, which okay. might have like kind of started that thing altogether. But sure. none of these other people uh, have any record of ever living in uh, Pruitt County. So then – He, this, this guy like tried to track where this story came from and who did it bring him to? It brought him to, uh, the author of beyond the grave, (gasps) Tony Taylor or Troy Taylor. Um, and was like, Hey, um, I know you, I know you have this story that it's like, you know, collected from Eastern Kentucky lore, uh, would love to have some information. And then, uh, Troy Taylor was like, absolutely. I'd love to send you my references (gasps) and then just full on ghosted him. Oh, and completely just disappeared and did not. So what? Incredibly feels, rude. What feels more likely? Two options. That's a crime. Yeah, one option is this guy just came up with a pretty yeah. a pretty good scary story to tell, you know, and then was like, oh, uh, "Yeah, this is part of Eastern Kentucky lore." Other possibility: goes to Carl Pruitt, strangle Troy Taylor, and God help us all. I mean, but I love. I think what I love about the story is how not like. Vague or, or like mysterious or romantic, it is. It's like ghost killed his man killed his wife with chain. His ghost now kills people with chains. They all dead. We had to move his body.
0: It also feels like the way in which the chain and the destruction of the grave, like the plot mechanics of that. Yeah,
1: that's too much.
0: It reminds me of myself. I can't, I'm like, yeah, and then the character. Sneezes and then the tree falls down, <laughs> and that leads us to our act two.
1: <laughs> like, I feel like you're more artful the than the cord,
0: tombstone. I'm learning, but the cord, like the, the chain at the, the the biggest thing for me is the one where he drove through it. Yeah, because it could break to the captain. window, right? But it's still attached to something, it would have to break the metal it would frame of the everything.
1: car. And get through. And
0: also decapitate the guy in the passenger seat.
1: Yeah. I think that if if this story were to become believable, I was a camp counselor. You were also a camp counselor. Yes. Did you tell
0: ghost stories? Hell yeah. Yeah. I told them like they were real. Yeah, same. I don't know why I did that. Why?
1: Something about camp, you're like, I'm going to mess up these kids' minds. I fucking lied to kids. <laughs> That's my job. I lied to kids. It.
0: paid my ass for it. <laughs>
1: Um, but the whole trick with that is that you had to tell something that could feasibly be true. Yeah. So you can't do anything that people could logist, like people could like actually check up on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I would tell things that were like, this is full on not true. And then every 12 seconds, cause it'd be like, is this true? A very funny thing. When we announced that we were having this podcast, several of my old campers who are now like. Adults
0: adults with children.
1: Um, we're like, tell this story. Like stories that I don't even re- remember telling. But they're like, oh. are you going to tell this story? Um, and there's one that I remembered. There was one that I was like, what is this person talking about? Um, an old camper of mine was like, are you going to tell mouth? And I was like, what <gasps> is mouth?
0: Oh, my God. We have to save mouth for another episode. I will.
1: But I just remembered what mouth is. And it's oh. very funny.
0: You have to have your campers. Tell you what, this I actually that there. You are, don't I do
1: have a couple campers who now live in LA. One <gasps> of whom I ran into at a comedy show recently. Upsetting, um, and is now like, yeah, I, I run my improv group at UCLA, and I was like, this is insane. You were like eight years old when
0: children grow up. Yeah. I have a problem with that.
1: I have a problem with that. Don't, ma'am. Don't do it, ma'am. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think there's like an art to making a story sound just convincing enough, and it always has to be vague. Like if. If I were trying to make the story believable and have it spread, I would stop at the kid who threw the rock and I wouldn't say his bike chain strangled him. I would say like he got into a bike crash and then when there was an autopsy, they found that he had suffocated to death. You know, like there would be something where I'd be like, yeah, something a little more. I thought
0: it was going to be like ghost hands strangling you.
1: Yeah. Which is much better than like a full-on chain. And yeah, yeah. The, the gravestone stuff is kind of a distraction.
0: Also like why are ghosts invisible? I never understand that. Yeah, why are they invisible sometimes, invisible other times? You're going to move the chain around but you can't show us a little leg? Seems impossible.
1: <laughs> are you – what sort of – like the, in the trope of vengeful ghost, uh-huh. what do you – when you're afraid of ghosts, like what is the worst thing you're afraid a ghost could do?
0: Um, scare me so bad. I go crazy forever. Yeah. Yep. That, that's sort of my fear across the board, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of ghost, um, is that I'm going to have to go so crazy that I got to go live at the hospital.
1: Have you ever been so crazy that you, you went, you watched, you 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 could do anything. You had to go to a hospital forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid of that.
0: um, yeah, I just don't want to look at it. I my big thing is I don't ever want to be uncomfortable ever. Mm-hmm. I will put up with it. Never, mm-hmm. I'll never be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, which is bad quality, but it also plus side makes me very scared of ghosts. Yeah, that's the
1: positive. Hey, that yeah, what a great positive. Yeah, yeah. I also I. Think, what are you scared? That I they think can I'm. Do? I think the same. In this in the same way that like, the, you know, the whole uh, genre of like haunted sanitarium or like insane asylum yeah like it's not that i'm afraid of mentally ill ghosts it's that i'm like they must be so mad they're so mad and they're also they all live
0: together right so they like they're on the same page
1: because also like that must it just must have been horrible like awful being like in you know like danvers mental institution or whatever like that must have been so terrible i mean i'm scared that a ghost will be mad at me in the same way that like (laughs) most of my fears are like Oh my God, is my friend mad that at me? That person's mad at me. The concept of living in a haunted house and the ghost is mad at me would just be, because it is passive aggressive, that, anything they do. That
0: I feel like would be fun because then I could play the victim, which I love. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm afraid that a ghost would just interact with me. I My big fear is like com- unwanted conversation. Mm. Um, And that's what a ghost is. Yeah. They're like, hi. And you're like, yeah. we didn't make plans.
1: It's like getting a phone call from someone unexpectedly. Oh, the pit in your stomach. Yeah. A ghost is a phone call. A ghost is a phone call. You have no choice but to answer. Oh, boy. Um, a ghost – no. You know what a ghost is? Yeah. A ghost is a FaceTime call. Oh, It's a FaceTime definitely. call and you're not you, – you're not wearing a shirt and you're in your home. Yeah. And, it's, and you know that it's all your friends contacting you from a place being like – What's going on? You know? Hi,
0: we're being fun. We FaceTime. Yeah. I accidentally FaceTimed our group text. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, because I had my phone in my armpit <laughs> and I was like chasing Ladybird around while wearing a, a swimsuit or something. And uh, three people joined, which is how I know I have good friends.
1: Oh, that's They're just nice. watching
0: my pit.
1: Watch my pit. And I also couldn't
0: hang up. I couldn't figure out how to hang it up. Oh wow. There was no like hang up button.
1: I am, um, I'm because my name is Andrew. I'm oh. very often the first in people's uh, address yeah. books, yeah. contacts. I'm the same way. And uh, right, yeah. And um, my, when my niece was, when one of my nieces was a baby and she'd get a hold of my brother's phone, like she would, ju- I, I would just be the first name to call because I'm like there. Oh. And then I would hear just like baby breathing. <laughs> and it was like the most unsettling, you know, just like, just like about to, and, I, and then I would like call over the back and be like is everything okay like it's so weird to be talking to a b- voice that you know is a baby that oh, can't really understand like a baby is a ghost a baby a ghost
0: is a baby <laughs> what is a ghost A ghost is a baby a ghost is um what? I real quick I worked at a hotel and a man brought down in the morning his like maybe I don't know how old babies are but like somewhere between nine months and like a year and three months mm daughter and he like walked up and like put her down on the counter said hi this is elise or whatever her name was um she picked up the phone in the middle of the night and she likes to push buttons she's in a button phase and she pushed a bunch of buttons and then fell back asleep and we woke up and uh i believe she long distance dialed russia and then just left the phone off the hook. And they had a phone call that I think was like $900 because it was a long what? distance international call from a hotel phone that lasted like eight hours.
1: Who, ha- who was on the other end for that I long? Know.
0: I think it was like a... Some kind of hot. I don't know what she called.
1: I definitely when I was working in like as a, as like a administrative assistant, and someone called me, and it was definitely like a baby on a hotel phone, and it just oh. gave me and it just gave me reason to be on the phone and not do anything for several hours. Oh, that's really good. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? Let me look that up for you.
0: A baby is a phone call. Great. Yes, I mean, a ghost is a
1: phone call. Yes, I'll hold. <laughs> a ghost is a baby phone call.
0: A baby is a phone call from God.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I well, And I, this is definitely for another episode, but you worked as a hotel concierge. You must yes. have tons of ghost stories. I do. Yeah. That should be a whole – that will be a whole episode.
0: I wish – I should have more, but I have what they call a soft memory. Um, <laughs> but I got some.
1: Uh, I just stayed at this hotel in Evanston, uh, Illinois, which is a beautiful little town. Uh-huh. Um, and the hotel was called The Homestead. And, no. I, and it was like a big, beautiful, old, like 1920s hotel. And they – I was working at Northwestern for a week and they put me up in a very nice suite and my uh, collaborator, Andrew Butler, had his own suite too. And and it was funny because I looked it up. I was like, is this place haunted? And I didn't see anything, which is good. And then I got a message from our friend Liz who went to Northwestern. It was like, oh my god, are you staying at the homestead? It's the most haunted place in the world, (gasps) which is rough. But the only ghostly thing that happened – and it is – it still weirds me out to this day. The door handle, just the door handle to the hotel was warm as though a human had just touched it at every single – and not just like warmer than that. Like it was was very warm. So much to the point that I was like, I know why it's warm. There -hmm. must be a special mechanism in it because it's Evanston and Evanston gets cold that it keeps it warm so that it doesn't freeze. And then I mentioned that to like – uh, one of the students we were working showing with, off that I was like, I'm sure it's that, and they were like, I've never heard of that before in my life. Like, why? W- like, it didn't have one of those Home Alone, Home Alone things. Yeah, you on put the it. thing on it. Yeah, it didn't have that on it. It was just warm as though a person had just touched it. Every time I touched it, and I think we can all agree, a ghost is a doorknob. A ghost is a doorknob, warm with touch, warm from a touch, warm from a touch.
0: Um, well, I mean, that's actually a ghost. Oh, how good would that be if you died? Maybe of a murder, maybe yeah. just regular, and then your thing was making doorknobs nice and warm.
1: I love that. That feels kind of up my eye. I also
0: uh, – I have a controversial opinion that I like when seats are warm from someone sitting on it.
1: Oh. That's kind of nice. Yeah. No, I get that.
0: I haven't been touched recently.
1: What are your feelings about warm pillows versus cold pillows?
0: I have no opinion. Wow. Because I – you know what? I, I bring – options for night clothes, mm-hmm. and I, I get the window open, I get the fan, whatever I need to do, I take care of myself. What do? You That's think? why I don't care about pillows.
1: <laughs> do you think, because I think ghosts have the same outfit on all the time. <laughs> They're like a comic strip cartoon characters. Yeah. Just yeah. so we know who they are. Right. What would, do you know what outfit you'd oh, be in? Oh, this
0: hurts me. It would be a t-shirt and um, black skinny jeans from... Urban Outfitters that have a hole in them.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: Would you would have like a short sleeve I, button down?
1: I I see. That's how I that's how I live my life. But I feel like in the in a cruel twist of fate, my ghost outfit would be I in would be like my most embarrassing clothes that I've worn. Like I feel like that would be kind of my punishment. And I think it would either be outrageous American Eagle cargo shorts, uh, or um, I had a pair of sweatpants, sweatpants. that were too long. Yeah. In college and I um, – instead of doing a proper thing like rolling them up, I choose to cut them off – like cut off the ends of them. Yeah. But I did it in a way that I did not realize how jagged it was. And it was capri length. Yeah. And it was like I was wearing Halloween pirate pants. <laughs> um, and I feel like – That's that, right. I feel like I would be wearing that and hiking boots from Payless Shoes. Yeah. And like a shirt from The Gap. And that would be my ghost that outfit. That feels
0: right. Right, I'd be wearing something that made it hard to pee, in, like a, <laughs> a like a jumpsuit, like I'm wearing now, with like a pullover sweatshirt. That's how you died. Oh yeah. God! I got <laughs> From holding it and like being too afraid because I love a window seat to ask yeah. the aisle in middle people to get up.
1: I have the same. I have the same issue.
0: I just I'll sit there for an hour watching them watch a movie and decide whether or not they're asleep enough or if the movie's
1: at an interesting point
0: where I can like.
1: Them. Do you also – because I do this too. I pick the window seat and I'm like, I won't I won't use the bathroom. But then when I get an aisle seat or a middle seat and someone has to use the bathroom, I'm like, why can't you just suffer like <laughs> I would have? You know, I
0: I feel like when like I sit kind. down, I very rarely have an aisle seat because sometimes I'll just get a different plane if there's no window, <laughs> honestly. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm going to get a different I'm plane. I'm
0: going to go to LA on a different day because <laughs> – um, No, I buy that. I get that. Oh, yeah. Um I – I, I think when I sit down, I'm like, oh, I'll let them out, of course. Like, I understand. And then in practice, I'm grumpy. Um,
1: I have an idea. What? Before we say goodbye. mm mm-hmm. um, If anyone has any travel or plane-related...
0: Yes. Ghost stories? Send us your hotel or plane yeah, ghost story,
1: or train, train, or rental car,
0: car ghost.
1: Yeah, not one? a lot of
0: place for ghost and car, but we can all agree, ghost go car, ghost go car. I've got one car
1: ghost story, but tell me yours. <gasps> tell us yours. Car ghost, car ghost, car shorts? ghost shorts. <laughs> Whatever, go away. <sighs> Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Forever. <laughs> Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. <laughs>